had death I have had death traps over the years, tires slashed, all of that. And I thought they're they're here to kill us. In total, 16 masked men, and there was about four unmasked and one little weaselly woman with a kind of dirty nappy mask on her face. And then I saw my my younger daughter was brought to my bedroom, but I was at this stage had been dragged out. I was on in a state of undress on the floor of my bedroom. Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. This is the third video in the series that I'm doing with Lisa Temple. And, you know, I'm, I gotta be honest, I'm sick to my stomach and understanding what this situation is. This is really going to mark a low point in Ireland's history if they end up prosecuting her. She's very modest. She's not telling the whole story of who she really is. She's telling her own story of how she's being persecuted. But what is not shared here is how much she's helped other people over the last 14 years. I brought it up a little bit at the in the intro, but she has helped hundreds of victims, uh, children, men, women who are victims of trafficking and abuse. And she's been fighting the cabal for years and she wins every case. They're trying to get her out of the picture, and they, this is why there's these trumped-up charges, the exaggerated charges. She just sent me an email this morning that she fears that if they they imprison her and they remove her bail, that she's likely will be killed in prison. And I'm telling you, if that happens, this will mark in Ireland's history books the lowest point of this ongoing war that we have against evil. I know there's a lot of people in that system that know that and are really struggling with this internally. This is the time for you to act. This is where you step up and you show courage as a leader and you do what's right. There is no excuse for sending in 18 thugs into this woman's house with their young daughter. This is ridiculous. And you know it, I know it, everyone who listens to it knows it. And you will go down in shame. I mean, this is shameful. This will be marked as a shameful event for Ireland. It's time for you to step up and do what's right here. What I ask of my listeners is to please share this far and wide. I'm, you all know I'm very much censored. And people don't understand the magnitude of this story and what it means to so many people. She's not just someone for Ireland. She's been fighting this worldwide. This is a global cabal. So much of it is based in Ireland and Scotland and England. And so what she's fighting is really the source of a lot of this evil. There's other areas where they collect, but this is one of the big sources, you know, the city of London and all these occult hidden groups and the sex trafficking to control the world. This is what they do. And she was taking them head on and they want to get rid of her. And she was too much of a threat for them. We need to fight back. We need to tell them that we're aware of their games. And not everyone in the system wants to be part of the system. And not everyone in the system even is aware of, to the degree, the magnitude of what they're part of. So we need to get this out there and we need the people internally to start fighting back it wouldn't take that much if all of us stood up and fought back because there's very few of them and millions, billions of us. 
well, millions, if you start thinking of who actually comprehend what's going on. I would say the majority of the people don't even know what's going on. And then beyond that, there are way more people like us who understand what's going on than them who are evil. So please share this far and wide. We we need to do what's right. And like I said, I have a pit in my stomach this morning because I know this is an important element in this war that we're fighting. And I... Uh, and I don't, I don't know what more to say. Let's just say, please go to my website. I appreciate all of you, actually, who support and are in this fight with me. So please go to my website, sarahwestall.com. Please support my affiliates. That's how I keep this show going. And, of course, share this show. And let's get into this last video with Lisa Temple. So COVID finished, and I started to pick myself up and started to do courses and work again. I was fairly happy. Um, I was doing a lot of work with domestic violence victims. This is just in the last few months. I had a little girl stay who I who had been horrifically abused for eight years, and I had helped her mom. And um, there was eleven children in total, and we were doing homeschooling. She'd never been to school, and that night she was staying in our house on the twenty ninth of March. And for some reason, myself and my daughter said, "I think we'll bring her home." You know, we weren't feeling well. And on the 30th of March, I heard something. I turned over in bed and there was a, an enormous balaclava man, man in full black riot gear with the, who looked like, which is the emergency response unit of, of Ireland. He looked like what? I'm sorry, you cut out there for a second. He or you, which is the, our emergency. He, okay. he was dressed exactly like the emergency response unit, the special forces of the police with no markings. And I, I can't explain that moment to you. I thought. So you had this group of men come into your house with unmarked markings and they. While we were, while we were in bed. While you were in bed. And what did they, that was scary. What did they do? What did they. I thought they were robbing the house. And then I thought, oh God, no, maybe they're, they're here to kill us because we have had death. I have had death threats over the years, tires slashed, all of that. And I thought they're, they're here to kill us. And then there was more of them and I picked up my phone to ring for help and then an, an Irish man without mask came in then I realized they weren't all masked there was in total 16 masked men and there was about four unmasked and one little weaselly woman with a kind of dirty nappy mask on her face and my house is tiny and our bedrooms are tiny and there was about eight in my bedroom then there was some in the hall they were smashing my bathroom and then I saw my my younger daughter was brought to my bedroom, but I was at this stage had been dragged out. I was on in a state of undress on the floor of my bedroom, uh, surrounded by all of these clothes that we had been going through and and with the to give to the domestic violence victims. It was like a bomb hit the place, and um, I thought we were going to be killed. And so, what happened? There was a familiar something familiar about with them in the house like there was some of them that knew me that I, I got that feeling that I knew some of them um, and some of them I didn't but when you can only see people's eyes um, they dragged my pushed my daughter down the stairs I thought they were going to take us away or do something in the living room I begged them whatever they want to do to do it to me and not them um, and they told me to get dressed and the policeman had 
always kept illegal or I don't know whether whether they were legal or illegal, but weapons in our house. Well, I had reported them to the um, highest police commissions and they didn't bother doing anything about them. But he had removed like the son of shotguns and the knuckle dusters and things like that. But there was a taser. I remember that he he kept beside the bed. You're that, the guy that you were dating before. Yeah. And he he would have known that that was there. So and as they told the authorities that it was there and they never. So, I I mean, I didn't even know this was as far as I, it was either. He had it from work. So it was a police commission commissioned one and I had worked for them, too. Or he had taken it off a criminal and not bothered to convict them. I don't know. I don't know. But it was there. And I had never taken it out of the drawer. Like I never. It was his. Um, but it was there. And he used to tell us, you know, I've got all these weapons in the house because someday someone could come in and try to kill you and harm you because of everything he knew on the pulse system. And we were always living in terror. But he was our he was our protector, if you know what I mean. So he both terrorized us and presented himself as the protector at the same time. Um, you know, he gutted animals in front of us and, and showed us photographs of prisoners that had been beaten because they were talking and they should have been listening. So I still saw him as our protector against the court system who were going to use their connections to take my daughter's. It was horrible. Um, so we were, my daughter was dragged down the stairs and I put the taser into my, my, my top, into my bra. And then I was pushed and dragged down the stairs and I was I didn't know whether they were going to bring us into vans and take us away or whether they were going to do something to us in the living room. There was just so many of them. It, it was the house was full of them. And the other thing was when we were undressed, they were videoing us on their personal mobile phones. Um, it was a complete violation. Um, and I realized, you know, here I am now, the Catholic bitch is on her knees. Um, Did you ever find out who these guys are and what happened after this? I mean, you're alive now. So what happened? So we got down the stairs. Um, my daughter had been pushed out and they she saw that there was a police car outside in this private estate. So she ran to them and said, you know, my mother's been assaulted. Can you come in and help us? And they wouldn't roll down the windows. Oh, okay. And they said to her, go get a solicitor. It's a civil. And she said, that's not civil. That's a, you know, <laughs> we've had our house broken into it. No notice. You're, they are supposed to have security licenses if they were. Did they act like they were um, part of authority of some sort? Or were they just unmarked thugs that you had no idea who they were? They were terrifying. I thought they were there to kill us. So they act, they acted like soldiers. I mean, there was um, the men who are in black. When they stand up straight and they have their, their fists like that and they're looking at you. It was like, you know, like those big black dogs that if somebody said kill, they would just kill. Did they say they were? What did they say they were? They didn't say anything except uh, when I said you know, are you, are you looking for, do you want to take, do you want to rob the house? Do you want, they said, no, maybe we want you, something like that. But you couldn't see who was talking. And then the Irish men, though, in the suits, they seemed to be their bosses. Or it was like, they, they could have said, break her spine 
and they would have broken the spine. So they were in a suit. They were dressed differently. Like they were their pants, like a like a suit, trousers, and a shirt. Not like, I mean, they wouldn't. And from their accents, you can tell a lot by Irish accents. They their accents didn't match their suit. If you know what I mean, like sure, like in Ireland, like you've got a certain. If a man is in a business suit, he speaks a certain way. And then there's kind of what I call scum. And they have a certain turn of, of phrase of their voice. Now, I'm not saying that there's a lot of scum in suits as well with degrees. I'm not saying that. But do you know what I mean? When you're from a certain area, a town or country, you can tell. So the men in, in the in the who looked like they were in charge uh, would not be the type of people you would spend time with they they had a certain tone in their voice um they weren't professional there you go sure they okay they seem like they were either hired mercenaries or hired thugs or something yes. the mercenaries that transpired were from blackwater um i'm sorry the mercenaries that were what you mean you later learned they were from blackwater they were from blackwater yeah okay and the men claimed to be from Mazars, which are a repossession place, and the others are claiming to be from the sheriff, but nobody. So what ended up happening is one man claimed to be four different people, but then it was so his the name there was a name Sean Grennan. So there was Sean Grennan who worked for the sheriff. Then there was Sean Grennan who worked for Mazars. Then there was Sean Grennan who worked for Blackwater. Then there was Sean Grennan who had his own, who was a solicitor. And then there was Sean Grennan who, so you, but the same little voice and it was strange. Nobody was really taking responsibility, not even the bank. And I, I believe that the bank were given an order. It was, the bank was used to do this. Okay. So you think the bank was going to do a repossession or they're trying to scare you? I mean, you still trying to piece it together is what really yes, happened. I'm still trying to piece it together. Okay. Like, and then, and then. And you know it was Blackwater, and maybe the bank was behind it as well. But do you think it was also based on these letters that were you were writing to high levels of your government? Um, I uh, I I wrote those letters, and now I realize that you see, one would think that going out doing organized protests or making YouTube videos and exposing people is very, um, you know. It, I think they actually like people who do that because they know what they're doing all the time. But when you, as a nothing, stand up strong and look them straight into the eye and say, I hold you personally, spiritually, legally, morally responsible, and I remove any belief system that you have that you're not responsible for your free will choice. So you can't say, I'm only doing my job or I was ordered or whatever. You're responsible. And furthermore, what you are permitting to happen or causing to happen, you are consenting for your own worst nightmares to come back. That's the type of language I used. And I do believe that that has contributed to the situation I'm in. Okay. I, I would think they wouldn't particularly like that. So now, why do you think you're going to get arrested or go to court on, why are okay. you under the gun here when somebody yeah. broke into your house? Exactly. So there is, I mean, in Ireland, we have what's called the Defence of the Dwelling Act. And I had also, because of what had happened, I had placed 
I basically removed the assumption of authority of the state over me and my children because I believe they lost it. They've lost. There has been no benefit to me whatsoever in being a citizen or having them have any authority over me because everything that is written on the box, they didn't do any of it. So I put some very careful letters to them, including no trespass, which is a very high thing in law. And I made a claim of, of loss and damages, which is based on undisputed facts. And I put no trespass. Um, so it was an act of trespass. And even if uh, the bank were to come forward and, and pretend that the mortgage wasn't, wasn't um, pretend that they had clean hands, let's say, which they don't have clean hands, neither the bank, the police, the state have clean hands on this. They had no right whatsoever to break into my dwelling, into my bedroom or sacred space, unannounced, unidentified in that large number to video me and my children in a state of undress and put us, us in fear of our life. And then the police failing to act when they were called. So when there was a further assault, I and I was assaulted, I hit back, which felt pathetic. And let me tell you, I have never boxed anything, but I felt pathetic. And at that point, that physical weakness comes all over you. And you realize that when the force of the construct comes at you, it is pointless, Sarah, to hit it back with force. You have to access a power. You have to. Okay, so now, okay. So I pulled out the, ta the taser and I asked them to get away and leave. And I stood up as much as I could, but I genuinely thought at that moment, that you're gonna die yes i so, did okay so now why are you you're going to court but they're going so, to court after you the police went, now how did this police, turn into you the being the bad guy? Drove away. yeah the police drove away and then a few minutes later when we were out on the street with no no shoes no underwear no nothing with the mercenaries now moved into our dwelling with all of our stuff in the middle of my daughter's exams um, the police drove back. I thought they were coming back to help us. They jumped out and they went into the house, spoke to them inside, came out. And they said to me, you're under arrest for production of a firearm. And I said, what firearm? And they said, uh, the taser. And I said, that, that's a firearm. I said, that belonged to the guard, to Glenn. I said, you knew about that. And then I was arrested my daughter was left lying on the street, our car engine running. She She's too young to drive. With those men now stomping around our house, our bedrooms, with her cats inside, on the road, with no money. Well, you and know I, what? This is exactly why we should never give up our arms here. All you're doing is giving us a, a, a clear indication of why we need self-protection. And any time that you don't have it, you're going to, you're at risk of being completely abused by the system. But regardless, okay, so now they ignored all this. In Ireland, in. we don't have, we don't I have know. our, um, yeah. yeah. and the, the only certain, the, the special forces have arms and the detectives, the general police don't. But I know that that guard that I was in the relationship with that had it, he would have been a complete pro everyone should have guns like he he would have been very much pro um 
Crow being armed at home. And that's why he would have had a lot of weapons at home. To protect um, yourself into cases like this. Okay, so now they ignored everything that happened to you and decided yeah. to only focus on the fact yeah. that... Thank you. Yes, exactly. So uh, this I is just crazy. To... Okay, so yeah. now where do you stand in this this situation? So I was brought down to the guard station. I was told that my children had gone off with some strange men. Um, they played every psychological game on me. They said that my children didn't want to speak to me. Um, they locked me in a cell and then I was brought out into a tiny little bathroom. I was obviously searched, strip searched. Um, Your children are adults, right, at this point? So because they're well, both. No, technically my daughter, my younger daughter was still a minor, which oh. means that the chitty, chitty, bang, bang social services could have taken her. Well, like, how old is she? She's well, she was 17, but she's legally she was legally a minor then. Now when did she, this happen? This happened in April and she was 18 in okay. July. So okay. But so I was kept in the station and they then fingerprinted me. They broke my nails back while they were doing it. They force took my DNA. And then one of the detectives um started to tell me how I was nothing and I used to be something. And it's like, I knew all of these techniques that they that they use. Um, but he was like, you used to be this and you used to be that. And now you're nothing. And I said, no, no, I said, you're wrong. I said, I was always nothing. I said, but I'm a mother. And I said, you know, you're the one who without your title or without your whatever is nothing. And he said um, a Latin phrase to me then, uh, which means let justice be done, though the heavens will fall. Now, that was a communication as far as I'm concerned uh, to me in that room that um, it's a very Freemason statement. Um, and fiat justice, ruit calum, it's something like that. And it means let justice be done or the heaven fall. And he was letting me know. He was letting me know. What was he letting me know? That he was giving me a message so and what was that message they would know that i would be aware of some of the the language and occult um symbolism and things that they use from each other and that phrase would be one of them so and what does that mean let justice be done or the heaven will fall so we'll do whatever we want and regardless of um of what it takes so basically we are going to do what it takes to take you down we don't care what anybody thinks Yes. So I responded to him because it was immediate. I really I realized then what I was dealing with and how coordinate, how, how much coordination it took for that attack to happen on, on us. Um, and I responded to him with the Mundus de Sepeter, Ergus de Sepeter Vault, which is um, let he who will be deceived be deceived. And I said, you, you know, you're the one that's nothing and you're the one that's terrified and he was shaking he had a blue plastic glove on his hand and I said why are you shaking Peter was his name and he said maybe I'm afraid of you and I said no maybe you're afraid I'm right and he then didn't come in to interview me I, I was forced to talk I didn't have a solicitor or anything and I spoke for about three or four hours I did say that I didn't understand or accept my arrest or the jurisdiction but they did say that I wouldn't be able to see my children for three days if I didn't talk. 
So I did a, a long, long video, which they then stopped because I had given all of the details, stuff I haven't said here, um, the chronology of everything. And then they restarted another CD recording and they read out, they said, did you produce a taser and uh, the situation? So you see what they had done. <laughs> and that's why people say don't talk to you to enforcement because they're going to set you up well you know I had already been set up this was after the setup like so there was no pretense at this stage there is no, for me there is no law there is no guardie there is I mean the the theater and people are still falling for it they they honestly think that there's a left there's a right there's a good there's an evil there's a angels there's demons there's you know, one war versus the other. There's, sure, sure. It's not, so it's not. It's all controlled by the one entity, the duality illusion. So, I, I, I spoke my truth, and um, the next I had a horrible night in a cell with a blue light on, high air conditioning, no blankets, no water. And the next day, who did they bring in from a totally different region to see me while I was being changed out of my wet clothes into court, you know, prisoner seer. They brought my ex, the Garda, the police, to see me. And then you know, what happened? He just looked. I looked at him. But I know he sold his soul out. I know that from when he was probably about to be investigated, he must have ran to the one set of people he knew would take him on board and maybe help him up the Jacob's ladder that he always wanted to climb up. Um, And I think that they were, you know... So I think that was that statement because he wasn't even from that police station. So I went to court. I was charged and I was put on bail. And at the same week, a man had raped and abused his children 172 times and his oh wife. Yeah. And he got one sign on once a week and a free mobile phone. I was forced to sign on every single day. I was not allowed back near my dwelling. I was not allowed back near any of my possessions. I have to be 24 hours available on the phone. They had to know where I am at all times. Um, so I had harsher bills. So in Ireland, let me tell you, you are a bigger criminal in the eyes of the system and the state if you have the courage to stand up for your child in your own dwelling against an army of mercenaries than if you are a man who rapes and abuses your children. So that's where we are at the moment in Ireland. In fact, there's a Lisa Smith who left the Irish army and went and joined ISIS. I think it was um, a terrorist organization. And she was on trial and she received 15 months for that. And everyone in Ireland is like, oh, the poor girl. Um, and now I'm up and I'm up for five to seven years for the production of a weapon even though nobody was injured and I didn't use it which he said I waved menacingly making him fear for his life him and his 16 bodyguard okay so, okay so yeah. this is just ridiculous well they have never sued me and all of the things that I have said and I've been I have put people on notice that I was going to mention them and things in interviews I did in January and December I put them on notice and I even emailed my interviews to them and said, listen, you know, if anything I said there, you want to challenge, deny, or you'd like to talk about, or you want me to correct, let me know. That probably also triggered the attack now that I think of it. 
because I did do some, I did one called The Consequence of Cowardice to Humanity. I did Who Does the Legal System Service? But I did write to the individuals and judges and very high people and said, listen, I'm I'm going to do this interview to educate the people in Ireland. And if you've anything you don't want me to say, let me know. They ignored me. I did the interview. I emailed it to them, said, hi, let me know if there's anything there you're not happy with. So I think they did let me know. <laughs> not in writing. They let me know with a foot through my bedroom door. Um, and now I'm in court this Thursday. Um, and I've been now told by the police that not only and I've been done for production of a firearm, I've been done for two assaults. What assault? Okay, so my daughter, they wouldn't take a statement from me or my daughter uh, on the assault that happened to us beforehand, which meant that mine was self-defense. So my daughter made a video statement and she sent it to the highest authorities in this country. And it was the most powerful little looking into the camera, brave video statement of a child who has spent her entire childhood with her mother being smashed against the courts of the so-called judicial by a group of impotent and impotent, by the way, the word poter in Latin means power, right? These excuses for men who group together in their little groups to torture innocence from whether they're children right up to whether they're nations by using force. They do that because they have no power. And that's why I call them impotent. So they smashed us against the rocks of the courts because I left. I had the audacity to draw a line under two relationships. And then we were triangulated. And then one of them used the courts and the banks. They had, And then the other one used the police. And now I think they're all working together. And now I am up on Thursday for three charges. And they're probably going to use my daughter's statement because she told the truth of what happened. And one of the things was I did try to box him in the face and kick him in the arse, as you would as a mother, um, when we were assaulted uh, in my dwelling. So I will hopefully face these 19 men. They're going to have to demask themselves, but I don't know how they're going to actually do this case. But it's on Thursday. It's a bunch of thugs. OK, so it just sounds like children in a playground going after each other and acting like little kids that's what it really sounds like like this is just a ridiculous grown-ups acting like children with power so they have the ability to do stuff at the turn of the century sarah they murdered between nine and 13 million women in europe and in america um and in some way they managed to make society detest the women that they burned rather than the ones who burnt them so um, the Minister of Justice, Charlie Flanagan, I met him a few years ago and I had asked him for help and he was the minister then. And he, uh, there's a photograph on my Facebook page of the two of us. It looks like it's really cool, actually, on the street. But he said to me, you tell the truth and you are compelling. But he said there are men in this country that detest women like you. And I would say that there are men globally that detest women like us and human spirit. Do you think strong uh, female characters or uh, even, it, I know a lot of men who are persecuted, who go out, who fight the system. So I see it from all perspectives. Uh, 
I I do I believe I work I work with those men too but here's the thing um I believe that it's women's job to pull through the higher consciousness into a man or the Christ logos through a man in whatever capacity as a friend as a mother as a lover a daughter whatever and it's men's job to make sure that women and children walk the earth safely and uh, I strongly believe that. Um, and they have destroyed, I mean, Ireland as a nation, again, these systems and what they think and the Holy Grail is and the confusion they've made over, you know, Satan, devil, Lucifer, Antichrist, all of this stupid inverted stuff that they have done, confusing people, um, misinterpretations of, of ancient texts. Um, Ireland, because it's positioned geog geographically and also because of the superstitions and beliefs of, of, of these occult, they want to destroy Ireland. I mean, they've brought in, while I've been homeless for the last 70, 80, 90 days, <clears throat> they brought in 45,000 Ukrainians into this country, unvaccinated, untested, um, unvetted. And they have been given them houses left, right and centre. I get nothing. So I have no passport. I have no paperwork. All of our stuff was put out of our reach. My daughter has had to leave school. <coughs> they split up <clears throat> my little family. We've never been apart. We're living on different people's sofas and goodness. They have their mother up in court on Thursday. Um, and that's where that's where humanity is at. That's where. Um, they want to, there's 44 million Ukrainians, they've opened up the borders and said they wanted them all to come in. And there's only 5 million Irish. They promised to bring up the Irish population to 9 million in promise in the next couple of years, and they want to wipe us out. Um, so I don't know why it's me uh, had my door smashed in and not some of the Irish activists who are much more publicly vocal. I don't publicly vocal i talk to them one-to-one -one, but it definitely bothers them it really bothers them when you look them into the eyes and say are you sure your belief system matches with your knowing because if you're wrong nobody's going to judge you but you're going to meet yourself in your worst form for all yeah you get you you get judged by your maker later on so okay so what can people do to learn more about this and to help you I don't know. I don't. I contacted eight different legal teams Um, they were interested until they saw my daughter's video. And when they heard the severity of, you know, that we named the game, you know, can I see that video? Can Can you send that to me or send me the link? I will show it to you. Yeah. Um, I'll have to ask her permission. OK. Um, I mean, if I had published that video. I think it would have created but I do have to respect you know the fact that my daughter is they're quite they're quite shy as well I I have taken the beatings for all of this but I don't really haven't really put them out into the public eye but my god the day that they decide to you know and I did say recently if if anything does happen to me um I don't want my daughters to continue on this fight because the way I look at it is as I said to you in that dream on the 28th of February, um, 
that I would break back seven generations of stuff and that I had a strong back. My my winning, my success was to protect the girls. Um, and I didn't realize what was going to come at us and how much power it had and how much resources it had. But they never beat me, never in court. Like I never won because I wasn't taking cases against them. But when they bring the best of the best against you and you manage to not let them win, that's a lot. And I think they can't understand how even now, like, for example, today I'm here having this conversation with you. And the one thing they they don't get, Sarah, is they don't get my wrath. You know, if you've seen the movie with Brad Pitt, you know, and then Seven and at the end with Dante's Inferno, they wanted he, uh, Kevin Spacey wanted him to shoot him with his wrath they won't get my wrath because I genuinely know in the deepest part of myself that their free will choices will come back in their own way to them and that what they do to me they are consenting by contract uh, their own worst nightmares to come back in because my worst nightmares would be to be any of them or to be any of the people who have to have had to sit by not all of the guardie not all of the judges that are are directly actively corrupt but the facilitators certainly um i think need to be taken to task as much as the the people who are directly involved and humanity has to stop looking for the big bad guy because as i said i met bill gates and i looked deep into his eyes and other people like him and i don't consider him to be evil he's very honest and he's authentic himself uh, according to what his nature is and his belief systems about neo-gnosticism and transhumanism and then people will say but he he killed 400,000 little Indian girls you know injecting them in India and I said but he didn't the doctors and the nurses and the people who were paid to do it did it and they don't like that well but they don't he, like he, that. he knew that it was going to kill him and then he, he he offered the contract he offered it and for profit and people took there was a long chain from his idea down to the front line of people who consented and profited yeah there was many people in the process but he so, um so those people who came through my door for example yes francesca mcdonough ceo of bank of ireland is personally as principal agent responsible yes drew harris the commissioner is personally responsible yes helen um, McAtee, the Minister of Justice, is personally responsible. However, those 19 men and some of them, I I know I know, who came into our door for profit or revenge or whatever, or perversion, um, each one of them made a personal free will choice. And I see it like that. Okay. So basically, um, see, I personally think Bill Gates is responsible, but the, oh, the people people underneath yeah and the, all the people along the chain are too i agree with that okay so I, you know i think we covered a lot of territory there's a very long interview longer than i usually ever do so uh, there's just so much here to talk about and and try to understand i hope that you this works out in your favor and that um you can have another day to fight on the you know sidelines and help help humanity move forward they're just trying to get you out of the way they are scared that you are making a difference and um i don't know why i think you pissed off too many people and it's more of an eagle little kid thing honestly i think that this is bullies trying to to go after well, somebody 
on the Bill Gates thing, I was once at the at the other end of his, you know, I was one of the people he instructed to do something um, at one point and I said no and I walked away from shares and everything. So, you know, I, I disagree from the bottom up. You know, the pyramid at the top is only what it is because of the bottom. That's right. And people yep. have to say, well, you know, for every doctor, every nurse, um, I mean, the word jab, there's nothing positive about it. Even if they did make it mandatory and hold it down, it still requires a person to make a free will choice. Absolutely. And that's we have to take that personal uh, responsibility. And that seems to be if you were to ask me, what have I learned? I've learned that you can defame, you can fight, you can do anything you want to people. But if you ask them to if you look at them and say you are personally responsible for your acting role and your free will choices. They go mad. Something triggers in them. Um, so I have written to the governor of the Irish Dokas prison, which is the female prison, which is completely overcrowded at the moment. Um, and I told him the situation and I said, there is nothing I shouldn't. I am. I tell you the analogy. I am being prosecuted for holding up a nail clippers to the long toenails of the herd of elephants that have stomped all over me and my children for 14 years. And I'm being held guilty and they only want to talk about the nail clippers. Yeah, um, I can so see that's, that. That's what's happening on Thursday. And if they manage, you know, ultimately using the my my two exes and the fact that I eventually drew a line with both of them and pulled back their their internet source connection from their you know, mobile phones. Um, if they managed to end up getting me, apart from taking my my career, my name, my life, my children's childhood, my home, everything I've ever worked for, if now they also want to take my freedom, um, how does that make them a winner? I don't think it does, because I've done everything which is in line with my higher goals and my integrity to be a good mother. And they're only going to crown my heart, you know, if they put me in prison as being I'm in prison because I protected my daughter. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And I don't care what smearing or whatever they usually do to Irish people. They smear. I don't care because I don't read the newspapers anyway. And anybody does is just eating feces. That's it. Um, I do forgive them, Sarah. Because forgiveness is accepting you cannot change another person. It's their free will choice. It's nothing more than that. Um, and each moment I look at my life and look back on it, I can say I did my best and I brought up two children and I told them the truth, which is you're home, you're safe and you're enough. And no matter what the situation is, no matter how horrific it is, if you can separate what you see with what you know, um, you realize that all this is, is about accumulating experiences. So when you ask me, what can people do? I really don't know. I, I don't know if this judge on Thursday takes this case or whether she decides to send it for indictment to a higher court. I don't know. Maybe I'll just see if she becomes either another accumulated person on the road of torture, or maybe she might do the right thing. But I'm walking in. I don't know anything about criminal law. Um, I know about all other types of law, but criminal law is my forte. Um, and then you've got monkeypox. 
Now, COVID stopped us having access to the courts. So the courts are no longer public. Plus, you have to wear a mask and you can't breathe. The COVID and the monkeypox now has given the system a huge protection, protective layer from public access. Yeah, I can so see that. You can end up sitting in the corner of a courtroom with only the journalists they want in um, to write what they want to write. And you're you're on a Spanish Inquisition, you know, where all the rooms are at the window. Well, that's what's going on here with the... But the... I never thought, look at, I never thought <laughs> that all of this would lead to me talking to you. I've watched you from afar and the huge variety of people you've had on board. And I've really enjoyed... Um, connecting with you today especially before we started recording because we did have some lovely moments and yeah, it was uh, pretty interesting yeah you you're a very interesting person I uh, I, I just I, I I appreciate that and I hope you come out of this okay it sounds like you've been dealt with a lot of abuse over the years and and I don't like to hear that so hopefully this will work out in your favor and people see that um, you know, the, the tides are changing. I think goodness is starting to have more, having more power in this world. So I hope that hat works in your favor. Well, yeah. I mean, I was threatened when they said to me and a judge as well threatened and said, we'll put manners on you by sending you up to the Doka's prison, which is supposedly, you know, quite dangerous. And I thought to myself, do you know what? I probably have more in common with those prisoners they were probably abused and, and treated badly and you know I know there's a lot of drug problems there but I I wrote to the governor Eddie Mullins and I said to him look here's my CV here's my LinkedIn I have all of these skills and qualifications and experience I've been told even before my trial that they're going to put me in your slammer and have me done but I said you know I don't want to charge the taxpayer to be paying for me so can I offer to train and certify all of your women in yoga meditation and then even help them to develop a, a course in a master's level course and maybe abuse or addiction or whatever so that they can have something when they leave prison and I don't cost the taxpayer any money and I said if the system happens to work the way it's supposed to for the first time and I'm not in prison I my offer still stands oh, but that's I said great yeah but they don't like that either oh god they hate that Okay. <laughs> They're just like, you're just such a thorn in their side. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you so much for this interview. I'll be getting this out. It's very long. It's going to be in two pieces because it's so long, but um, thank you for telling us your story. Hopefully it can help a little bit. And I'm so sorry you've had to deal with this. And um, it sounds just, it sounds like people being people, which is really kind of a sad state. I hope people come yeah. to their senses. Well, what I just would say to to little girls growing up or boys when you meet somebody and they start to reflect to you everything you've ever wanted um say no to little things in the beginning you know like don't answer the phone every time they ring if they demand to see you say oh i'm busy tonight like have boundaries and be a full circle um and watch how they react early on don't leave it for 20 years to start putting down a boundary and then all of a sudden you know they you see it because your life can go by very quickly and if you have children um teach them every day to ask themselves 
what do I have right now? What do I want right now? What do I need right now? What am I afraid of right now? And how is that stopping me being my real self? And from the time your children can talk, sit down at night, have circle time, and teach them to be able to use their observer to see the difference between a want and a need and a desire and a fear. And then tell them that their, their feelings, their needs and their gut instinct doesn't need to wait for their brain to catch up. You know, we have the most intuitive spirit that they have consistently tried to override. And we have to fight really, really hard now to uh, connect into our, our knowing because humanity is at a crossroads and we're either being asked to merge into the ideology of the metaverse or to find our way back home into the magnificent individual expressions of consciousness that we are in a world that should only have three guidelines. Do no harm. Take no one's property and protect the vulnerable and make the world a place that the birth in is a circuit journey and that the birth out is a circuit journey, sacred journey, because they're making it very unsafe to be born and very unsafe to die. And that's all I have to say. So I hope I'll let you know. Well, I might let you know or Ray will let you know what happens next week. Sorry, it could yeah. be a long while. Let me know what happens on Thursday. I will. And I thank you for your time and thank You're you for your welcome. Name. And you take care and God bless you.